Hey, welcome to the metaverse. Uh, today is I don't even know what date is. I'm I'm losing track of days due to quarantine. Uh, today yeah. is March the twenty fourth, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. I actually today it's funny because today I uh actually was in Michael Bublé's like live chat, and he was like reading barely any comments, and then, like the last thing he read was. He was like, what day is it? And nobody would tell him. Like, everybody's, like, trying to get their word in to him, right? Yeah. And, like, I'm like, all I did was say Tuesday, and he read it. And I was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I've been noticed by Michael Bublé. That's but anyway. Awesome. Anyway. Not like he's going to so remember you, me. Anyways, though, speaking of that, do you get starstruck kind of thing? Like, do, how do you feel when... Uh, you know, somebody famous takes notice of you. It depends. It depends on, like, the situation, actually. Because, like, the very first time I met somebody that was, like, a celebrity status, like, just, like, not even celebrity, just somebody you get, like, anxious over because you're, like, oh, this person's, like, a kind of an idol or a, or a mentor or role model. Um, uh-huh. I did get starstruck to, uh, I'm not going to name any names, but uh, just this, celebrity and uh the first time i ever met anybody like that and i kind of she asked me a question she pointed to me like i had my hand up because like they were asking everybody questions and i was like i was like um is she talking to me (laughs) i i look behind me i look behind me she's like yeah you and i'm like no she can't be talking to me it's not talking to me and it was just like so awkward and i was like oh shit and I totally blew it, but it didn't matter because I I met her after that, and then oh yeah, um, yeah. But I can't think of a time I met like a celebrity. I've seen them from afar and been like somewhat starstruck. I wonder what it'd be like to enter a dialogue with somebody famous mm-hmm. to see how I would react. But but like you know, there's the fan expo here in Vancouver, and um, they have those celebrity meet and greets and like. For, mainly for movies and stuff like that but like if you want to go and meet somebody like like maybe a band or uh or musician just or somebody yeah. like that's different that they've been from movies you know then you have to go do yeah. their event so yeah i've never uh i've never like paid for a vip pass at a concert or anything that's usually what it entails you gotta spend yeah. an extra 100 bucks to meet them behind the stage but I just, I don't know if I'd really have much to say or, you know, I don't need to pay that money to get a picture with somebody. Exactly, I mean, yeah. Like, if I you could if you could meet them naturally without having yeah. to be, like, kind of, like, cool. without having to be needy or, or um, awkward, then... Yeah, be just, like, yeah, treat them like a normal person kind of exactly, thing. Exactly, yeah, because, uh, speaking of Michael Wubla, he used to come into my theater when, when I was working in movie theater come into the theater and watch movies. I don't think he does that anymore. He's too... Too big? Too bi- I don't know. Maybe maybe he does. I don't know. People got to watch movies sometimes. Yeah. But anyway. Anyways. Yeah. Um, nice. I was going to talk... What are we talking about today? We're talking about... Let me just bring it up because I... Sure. There's a lot. There's a lot there. Well, we're coming off of talking about... COVID. COVID, uh, society, um, quarantine, isolation. I, uh, I, yeah. Maybe I'll start by just uh, reading what I put on my Facebook. 
okay. the other day, and uh, a lot of people seem to react kind of to it. And I think this kind of sums up what I said uh, quite a bit in the last podcast about COVID. And I said, personally, my biggest fear during this pandemic is not the physical risk, but the psychological. Social media has for too long been a breeding ground for aggressive outlet without tangible ramifications. Let's not let this issue become exacerbated through our seclusion and isolation. I encourage everyone to maintain a sense of love for one another throughout this difficult time and think before you type as you would before you speak. P.S. Remember, without context, many may misunderstand you and certainly you will misunderstand others. Maintain the principle of the benefit of the doubt. I just have found that like throughout the years, I've noticed so many like, um, I, I think it's more prominent in Twitter, like Twitter battles. Like, yeah. Just completely trying to wreck each other, like mm-hmm. just pointing out uh, maybe discrepancies or inconsistencies or just differing of opinion in such a uh, like violent and nasty kind of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, people just seem to have no hold back on the internet world when they speak to each other. Like if you were to say something like that face to face, if I were to say certain things, like I might get punched in the face for that, you know, like there's social yeah. ramifications for uh, saying whatever the hell you want to say and, and literally, uh, you know, insulting people. There's just so much insult on there, especially when like, I'm uh, so online. And yeah. Insulting people's intelligence just so often. Right. And, yeah. um, I just wanted to it, say, I think it has a oh, huge, yeah. I think it has a huge, uh, impact on us. Like I don't, if I have people say nasty stuff about me on there, I take it personally, like it hurts. Um, mm. you know, and a lot of people probably don't really think about that. They just get on and type and because they don't see me on the other side, taking it and getting hurt by it they don't really realize the damage that's being caused. And so they just kind of keep doing it. Yeah, that kind of goes into one of the topics I wanted to talk about is okay. words words that that and intentions that are spoken or the power of your words when heard. So it doesn't matter if you're saying them or typing them. Or read, yeah. Or, or read. read. It could be read, right? Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. like I went on a rant because a couple of days ago because I was just fed up with this person's posting all this stuff. And I was like, I have to kind of get to them without being direct. But that's the problem. If you're not, if you're direct, they're not going to listen to you. And if you're indirect, they're still not going to listen to you. (laughs) But then other people listen to you. Part of the problem too is just the fact that coming, like typing something or like coming to somebody online, it can just be taken in so many different ways. Like, that's why I said, remember, like you can't see the context necessarily. Somebody might be saying, trying to say something in a nice way and you take it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was going to say a lot of my relationship failures, like, like uh, breakups have happened because of misunderstood text messages, right? Or like you didn't respond fast enough or you didn't use the right emoji or something like that. Right. Like just taking somebody's text completely different than the way they intend it to be mm-hmm. and this is the problem with especially in a in a case like ours right now where we're in a social isolation people are turning so much more to their devices to communicate and the communication barrier there's 
like so much communication breakdown because you can't get somebody's visuals. You can't hear the tone behind their words or, you know, like maybe they're saying something as a joke and smiling behind it, but you don't take it the right way. You know, I use a lot of satire and I'm very sarcastic a lot of times because I, I try to be funny. I like, mm. uh, I like uh, making light of many things. I think laughter is a very good medicine in such a difficult world that we live in, right? And sometimes laughing things off is the best way to get through things. But some people don't understand uh, my comedy, yeah. right? So it gets taken the wrong way and people end up hating me for something that they don't even realize I'm just joking about. Right? And sometimes so when they get the message... And then they pass the message on to somebody else. That person also gets the message wrong. So like, that's why words, the power of your words when heard um, is is so powerful. You got to be careful what you're saying. And that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, especially like, uh, I mean, for me, I read a lot, right? So I think there is so much power in words. Like they inspire, they, um, you know, push you to think outside of your own bounds, right? It's like, a, uh, it's always learning and words are a great way to get to know each other and to um, expand our idea of truth and, and um, knowledge and all those kind of things. And so uh, definitely there's so much positive to it, but then there's so many people who use their influence, which is what words are, right? It's an influence. A way of communicating, or, yeah, intention about influence, and yeah, intention. So many people can use it to like intentionally to cause harm to people, right? Yeah, I think I've always kind of taken a look at what the idea of bullying really is. I think a lot of people um, who are dissatisfied with life, maybe themselves or their situation, they what they do is they see people up here and they're down here. And instead of trying to build themselves up to somebody's level, yeah. they want to tear them down. And yeah. it's, it's more about comparison, right? Uh, Leo Tolstoy says it in War and Peace, one of my favorite quotes, man only knows himself by comparison. And uh, I think in this, in this context, if you're comparing yourself and you see somebody achieving greatness or just, you know, uh, happy and you're not, you want to bring them down because as long as, yeah, I might not be happy, but as long as I can see nobody else is happy, then at least I can be above them. It's like a mm -hmm. hierarchy thing. Uh, yeah, the pedestal so thing. disappointing to see, right? So disappointing. Yeah, I totally agree with that statement. Like, uh, like especially... I, I, I see it more with women comparing more than men for some reason. I don't, I'm not like there's, there's of course men that do the same equally. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think women take it more emotionally when they comparing and it gets uh, more psychological with them, but I don't know the statistics on that, but. Uh... Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of, men are more likely to like like just end up bringing it to a point where they'll they'll fight over it or something right or they'll um they'll clear the air i think mm -hmm. i don't know if you know like you like you said 
maybe it's just uh, a simple observation of what you see. But I do see that a lot more. I see um, men often more willing to confront issues or uh, to speak out when say they're hurt you know they yeah. wouldn't necessarily say oh you hurt me but it'd be like hey what the f like you know f you what'd you just say to me like you know air it out whereas women tend to more internalize it bottle um, it up think about yeah bottle it up maybe get get revenge later kind of thing or try to stew on a wave of getting that person back whereas yeah. they're more likely to just air it out and sometimes that ends up being the know, best thing it. yeah yeah so and that's that's a good question i mean a lot of people i think these days too see such a harm in uh you know physical violence right and i would say men are more likely to fight each other right in that scenario if, yeah. if things get bottled up like f you to f you and it just gets to a point where um physical altercations bound to happen sometimes through that process um, you're quicker to recover on the other end but i don't know a lot of people would disagree with that it's yeah it's a women's fight too like the worst thing yeah women fight oh, too. Yeah. I, oh man like i remember in high school i saw more girl fights than guy fights so maybe this is just maybe this is our own stereotyping coming into effect yeah i don't, don't want to that's why i was saying i don't know the statistics on this and they're probably yeah, I don't know it probably either. doesn't even make any sense because like one year will be men and one other year will be women so but this is what i would say i do i do think that women tend to be more emotional and they mm -hmm. do tend to internalize hurts like that more um that that just seems to be the way it is for me uh men might get more aggressive or agitated through stuff like that. Whereas women, I think become more like hurt by it. Uh, yeah. I don't know, but that just seems to be kind of how I see things anyways. Okay. It let's doesn't go really on. matter. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. The difference between the sexes and that. Regard. Yeah. It's no good either way. But what I wanted and, to talk about. Both get hurt. Both yeah. Sexes are hurt by it. Okay. What did you um, think about this? The balance Keeping the balance in your life, like, even though a lot of people now are laid off, like, it's COVID's hitting hard now. It's starting to hit hard. I mean, we haven't even seen the worst. We don't know what the worst is, and then we think this is bad already. And right. in, like, Europe and Asia, it's, like, 10, 10 to, I don't know. It's just, it's a high number times worse than it is here. And um, I was watching Joe Rogan's podcast. And they were going over myth busting. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to say um, one of the myths is that high heat temperatures will either cure you, not cure you, but like prevent you from getting the virus or something. Mm -hmm. uh, if you consistently go into a sauna, mm -hmm. which yeah, they had something a, like that for the like indigenous smokehouses. Mm, well, we more, yeah. Well, well, we've got like uh, you know, especially here on the West Coast, there's uh, you know a high proportion of indigenous settlements or tribes or whatever you might call it uh, communities, and they do frequently do these rituals, these smokehouses, and it can get up to very high temperatures. I think some people are claiming, yeah, that that's like maybe not a cure, but like preventative measures as to getting it because it can't live in a certain type of heat. Yeah, well, it's not true. 
That's not true. Yeah, it's not true. Any type of heat. The reason why is because when you breathe yeah. in that heat, doesn't matter how like it can get really hot, but by that by the time it's unbearable, that temperature is just mixing with the air in your your body, and it's getting mm -hmm. cooled down. And um, so if even if it, you, even if it is it true, even if it is true that high temperatures do make it kill the virus or whatever, it's not gonna cure it. Like well, help I think, I think one thing like I haven't seen, you know, I've only heard people making, uh, making, uh, uh smoke what's the word? No, no, no. Uh, just making not claims, but like. Uh, hypothesis, hmm. hypotheses about what could prevent it and stuff. I, you know, I haven't heard any news sources say, like, we found the cure. They're also looking at um, different uh, autoimmune uh, treatments that they've already got in place and seeing if those can help do it too. But I, I think in a time like this, there's going to be people saying that, like, oh, this is what could work or this is what it is. I think at the same time, um, there's no harm in those things. Like, you know, uh, do uh, practice being cleansed, uh, clean, like, you know, smoke houses and stuff. That's a very healthy spiritual thing to do as it is. So like, what's the harm in people doing it? And um, also there's something to be said about the placebo effect. Maybe if we did uh. say things like that, like, oh, this is going to be the cure and people are without fear of getting the disease then maybe that is uh, a higher increase of their body naturally fighting off the disease it's it's funny that you said the placebo effect because uh i'm reading a book by dr joe dispenza and it's called becoming supernatural i think i've mentioned it a couple times and he talks is about that, how uh, the same as like the supernatural man book that you gave me no, that's the way of the, the superior way of the man. Yeah, way of the I read the audiobook and it's not the same as the book, but I don't like the audiobook. <laughs> it's like a lesson and it just it gets really like I can't even explain it. It's just rude. It gets rude to me. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, like no, I don't like this. this kind of thing. Yeah, you don't need to be this type of way to be sick. Right. Like, to be the way yeah, you Yeah, it's not the only type. Yeah. It might have worked for you, but that doesn't mean it is for me, right? I just saw some arrogance in there. That's what it was. Right. Arrogance. There you go. That's fair. Enough. But they did have okay, so some. What's this, new... what's this new book you're reading that you're Okay, so the about? new book I'm reading, well, I'm almost. Well, okay, technically, I think I'm a few hours finished to finishing it. Oh, Becoming Supernatural. And he has, a, he has also a short videos. I think they're about half an hour to 20, 25 minutes long. I don't know how long they are. Called Rewired on Gaia. And Gaia is like Netflix. Mm -hmm. I think I explained this to you the last podcast that yeah we were talking podcast. about Gaia last time we looked it up in urban dictionary yeah remember? it's one of the greek goddesses yeah i right? remember i'm greek starting goddesses. to remember now i'm i, I for, totally forgot yeah. last podcast because i did not watch it again so mm. anyway um you seemed a little out of it too last time. i was out of it yeah there was stuff going on maybe with you yeah um but, but gaia there's, there's the yeah. rewired episodes and there's like there's like oodles and oodles and oodles of content that you can watch on gaia and I suggest you get a subscription. You got a free subscription. I think it's for a week or a What's month. Is that like Gaia.com or something? Uh, there's an app on your phone. Do you have any type of smart device on your TV? Uh, my TV? I don't know. I use my PlayStation 3. Yeah, that works. If you can, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it might not. Well, it might not work. I could check it out on my phone anyways. 
Yeah. I mean, if you can cast from your phone to your PlayStation, I might don't work. know. Or you, you might be able to I'm download. Very tech. Yeah, you might be able to download in the App Store. But anyway, uh, Rewired. Highly suggest that. And you also, because you mentioned this. Rewired? Yeah, Rewired. That's the name of the, the program. That's the name of the app? or No, that's the name of the program on the Gaia show. Okay, okay. Um, I'm going to look right now in my ga- app store for this Gaia thing. Anyways, green. I'm listening. Um, where was I? Okay, so there's another book. Becoming Supernatural is the afterbook of the placebo effect. Becoming Supernatural is like okay. is like an uh, like a more elaborate explanation slash stories of what happened during the placebo effect book. So, um, okay. I don't know if there's an audiobook to the placebo effect, but if there is, I might get it because I still have a credit on Audible. But um, I highly suggest getting both of them. Listen to the placebo effect first, even though I haven't listened to it myself. But I think that one, because it came out before the other book, I would listen to that one. Okay. And what's that about, if you can give me the gist of it? Uh, so, Dr. Joe Dispenza, he had some health issues in his spine, and he became... He, he did some meditations and learned about science of the biology of the body and the metaphysics of of healing and the metaphysics physics of energies in the body and how your thought you can reprogram your thoughts and your habits mm-hmm. this is what it comes into another part of the discussion we want to talk about habits to manifest a different outcome in your life if you want a different you want change like in my book i i put this in my post but i deleted it i forgot exactly what i said but you have to change your environment you have to change your actions and you have to change your habits or your thoughts, whatever. When the, thoughts, habits, environment. So that's what I think. Uh, he says it differently in the book, but basically the same thing. I'm writing this stuff down. Good. Habits, thoughts, and environment. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you want to change something, like you don't want to be going down the same road every single time to work, you have to yeah. drive in a different environment, you know? If you don't want to be angry every time you get to work because because of the music you listen to is angry music, you have to change your your habits of listening to that song. You know, you gotta listen to maybe an audiobook or listen to a podcast, listen to our podcast. Let's just just plug yeah. it in there. <laughs> so but um a lot of people though, I think a lot of people maybe they don't maybe first off uh First off, maybe they don't know that they need to change these habits, right? Like they don't understand this process. They think they are who they they are who they are. Yes. And, um, and becoming aware, all, somebody needs to, like once that person re- realizes that they're always changing, ever changing. We all are. Like we aren't the same. And hope, I mean, hopefully so. Like we're always adapting. We're always improving on ourselves and whatnot. And once the person does recognize that they have the capacity to change or that they should uh sometimes i feel like they just don't know the process like they feel maybe they feel trapped by yeah i agree their love for this specific type of music or maybe it's their work it's not it's their work that's getting them frustrated right and they don't recognize that that's what it is you know a lot of people aren't that self-aware and so um 
I think that's changing though. I think like, especially with the introduction of podcasts and stuff and, and I think Self-help. people do really yeah. want to become self-aware, but it's, you can't just say it, right? Yeah. It has to be a, an internal thing. Yeah. They have so, to wake up themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes from people recognizing that they're not happy. Right. That, yeah. That, and also that. you can, you can plant seeds without being direct. You know, yeah. you could be like, not it's relating it. To do, man. I need. I know it is hard, but I'm kind of. A, I'm yeah. some, sometimes I'm good at this type of stuff because, like, I did it to a couple friends to do things, like to get mm-hmm. them to do things that, like, wanted them to do, but I couldn't ask them directly because, you know, if I ask them directly, then I'm gonna get them to do it. They're just gonna say no. So, yeah. Um, like, you just have to well, relate it to yourself. Make it like, like sometimes you have to say like. Oh, I'm going through a tough time. This is happening. Or my friend, this is happening to my friend. This is what they did. And they're like, oh, I should try that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that's a that's an important piece. Like, so, well, for I just want to tie this in then. Because I okay. like this idea where we're going. We're talking about planting seeds, which is itself. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, good. Uh, which is itself right using words when we're talking about the power of words mm-hmm. we're talking about uh the power of influence and so so let's say we have a friend who we really think needs to um become more self-aware or recognize that they're not happy right like like you recognize they're not happy they don't even recognize it themselves how do you plant seeds to get them to think that way so we need to think about the type of words we choose to uh to manifest this action, like a, a change in spirit almost that they need to go through, as well as I think what you touched on is kind of like how we approach this, right? So it's not just yeah. the words we use, but it's how we make this approach. So uh, depending on how we we open this up to them, so say we have a friend who needs to change, uh, the way you deliver this message can be the key to everything right like if you deliver it in a high and mighty kind of way nobody's going to listen to you right like a talking down to you it's going to seem yeah. like a, like the bullying tech it's almost going to seem like they're maybe that person's going to take it like i discussed it before how they see me up here and he, oh he's just trying to bring me down right um so i was thinking about that the quote from the sermon on the mount by jesus when he says uh Oh man, I could I could paraphrase it quick, but uh, it's about it's saying you hypocrite, like you try to remove that speck from your brother's eye mm-hmm. um, when you have a log in your own eye. First, remove the log from your own eye, and then you can help your brother with a speck. I think mm-hmm. this is a really great parable. Maybe I'll grab my Bible and read it out really quickly because uh, there's a few points in there that I think can really help us uh, understand how we are to uh, look at ourselves, how we're to, because um, the, the message really is, it's not saying, uh, some people would say it's a testament against judgment, right? Like you're not to judge your brother because you're, you're telling them what they're doing is wrong. But you're doing um, it yourself because you're, but you're doing it yourself. Not only are you doing it yourself, you're doing it tenfold, right? Like you're doing much worse things than your brother, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the importance of it, is not that we stop judging, it's that we first deal with the specs in our own eyes, and then we help our brother. Like, 
So the metaphor is that because we're blind, we can't help that person, right? But once we we remove the things bar- barricading us, we can properly help our brother. And that's mm-hmm. that's the way it goes, right? So if you if you work on your own inadequacies, then through that process, you you become a humbler person, right? You yeah. Because you know your eyes are full of specks, and now you can recognize just the one speck in your brother's eye and help him remove it in a way that's not judgmental, right? And so, and if you were, and if you're working on yourself, your brother is going to see you working on taking up taking away those logs, and he's going to want your advice, right? Because if you're if you're a complete mess and you're telling your friend like, Hey, you need to clean this up. You need to clean that up. He's going to be like, well, look at you, look at all these problems as if I'm going to listen to you. Yeah. Not only do you have your own problems and he's not going to listen to you, but also because you're so arrogant as to think that you can help him with his and not work on your own. uh, There's, there's a power struggle there too. Anyways, I think that's a really important, uh, way to approach how we are to plant these seeds in our friends but anyways they're gonna take a breath okay so you were saying uh like the hypocritic and um part uh having the same problems as the person you're trying to help and like when i look at things i don't think like they have to be successful in order for you to learn a lesson from that person you can still learn a lesson from anybody Everybody has, like, you could have somebody who's homeless and say, this is how you get a house. Like, they could they could tell you how to do it because they've been there, right? But they just don't know how to get out of the hole they're in now. And maybe you can help them get out of the hole they're in now. So, like, you can learn something from everybody just because you, you think that um, they have more problems than you that they can't help you. I think that's also hypocritical. Yeah, that's true. Uh... And I think that goes back to our whole man knows himself by comparison thing, right? I think we can just be, I think it has a lot to do with our own self-esteem, right? Like we don't really want help from other people. No matter what, we're going to be kind of on guard when somebody offers us advice, right? I think it depends. It depends on the person because like when I go to a supermarket, I'm waiting for someone to ask me for help. I want their recommendations. I want to hear what they have to say. And if I don't want their advice, just ignore it, right? Or just say like, oh, what what about this one? Like, have you heard anything good about this one? Like this product, you know? So then when you have given people advice, let's let's talk about that for a minute. Because I would say, I'd say maybe that's something characteristic of you. Like you welcome advice or you're hoping somebody's going to be willing to offer you something. I think that's a sign of a self-aware person, right? Somebody who recognizes they don't have all the answers and that other people are a great tool for acquiring more knowledge and experience. Yeah. But for a lot of people, they take it as a, a slight to their, maybe their intelligence or their Ego. independence, right? And so I maybe for somebody like that, maybe that person isn't going to be willing to come help you because they've had so many encounters where they've just wanted to help but the other person has just like I've I've felt that before. I've felt like I've tried to be nice and and maybe offer my services to somebody, and then 
uh, a, like a distasteful rejection from it has, mm -hmm. you know, made me like hurt my feelings or something, but made me not so inclined to help people because I don't like going through that. Right. Yeah. Like when I was working customer service, especially at a bookstore, I worked at chapters and, um, I was getting denied from help every time I wanted to help somebody and I couldn't handle it. Like it was actually affecting my mental health. And I was like, I want to help people. But every time you, you know, like the manager comes, he's like, why do you keep busy about helping people? But nobody wanted my help because everybody was like, you know, doing their own little thing. Well, so, I'm like that too. I actually find it kind of awkward when I walk into a store, like I don't, I'm not a big shopper. Um, and I don't know what it is necessarily. Like, I don't know if it's, I feel like the pressure now to buy something uh, or maybe it's the fact that I don't want to like take this person's time. Mm -hmm. uh, some, for some reason, it's kind of embarrassing. Like I've never really thought about it much before or why it is, but I would say I usually, uh, I usually, reject somebody's help now often i will though i will go into a store for whatever reason maybe it's a bookstore or um or like uh, a cd Music. store or something yeah. like that and be like hey i'm looking for this if i'm looking for something specific i'm gonna go and get somebody's advice but if i don't know what i'm looking for which is so funny because if i don't know what i'm looking for you'd think that the best thing to do would be to ask somebody who works there right because they yeah. know best you know uh which I find so funny, but maybe it's that pressure to buy something. When I want something, I know I'm going to go there and buy something, right? But if I'm, say, browsing, now if somebody comes to help me, I feel obligated to buy from them, maybe? I don't know. It, it, I, I agree with that, too. Um, it depends on the moment, right? Because, like, sometimes sometimes you're like, you go into a store, you want to be bothered just browsing, and then they, they ask you for your help, uh, if they want you, you want their help. And then they're you're like, no, I'm just looking. And then maybe they'll leave you alone. It's fine. And then by the time you really want their help, you ask them. But when they get like annoying, then you know, like you're like, I'm yeah. just gonna leave. So well, and that can happen too, right? Uh, yeah. And I'm like, this is it's so funny to me because I am not a super embarrassing kind of guy. Uh, I'm actually quite extroverted. Like I like mm -hmm. going up and talking to people randomly. And so for me, who's somebody who's actually quite extroverted, to feel that embarrassment or something, I can really see how somebody who's, you know, more prone to anxiety or embarrassment or shyness uh, to really struggle when they have random encounters like that and yeah. to, or to need advice, right? Uh, so anyway, uh, I wanted to go back to okay. COVID because we're dealing with this and I and the balance, the balance of yeah. daily. How do we keep our balance when we're so out of balance, you know? <laughs> hey, that's a good call. I like that. How do we keep our balance when we're out of balance? Okay, well, do you have an idea on that? Yes. Um, okay. So... Write that down. How do we keep our balance... It's a good question. I'm going to have to think about that. And I'm not just talking about habits. I'm not just talking about like um, physical things. I'm talking about opinions okay. as well. 
because I've been watching a lot of these Project Nightfall videos, this guy who's who's doing these videos on COVID, and he's saying we have to keep a balanced opinion to be able to combat this COVID and to overcome it. And the opinions okay. matter. It really does. Like, it doesn't matter who's right or who's wrong. It to just combat. matters. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just I'm matters. Just trying to, to, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think about all this. Sure, keep going. What's this guy's name? You need to balance opinion to his, com- to combat the COVID. Yeah. So like his his video his video his uh page is called Project Nightfall. I think it's 2020. It could just be and Project he's got Nightfall. A big following. He's yeah, he's pretty big. I I he's I think he's one of Nas Daily's um or Nas I forgot his last name. He's he's he does like these travel videos. He talks about a lot of things in the world. Like he talked about um the Amazon rainforest burning down and like he talked about how to combat fires with this with this liquid that's like it gets rid of fires that are like really 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 hot like you can use it on any fire really interesting um and yeah so project nightfall's been he'd been making so many videos on covid-19 like he was talking about how the chances of getting it are really low at the time when he made the video but the thing is the spread the spread is so undiagnosed and it's just all over the place right now like it's just there's it's there's not enough tests going around that's why the the numbers are not accurate and the hospitals are lined up they're backed up like crazy people are dying because they can't even get help and the older people are the number one to be helped first so like if you're young and you're really severe probably gonna die if you i mean like they're more likely to recover the younger people according to what we're hearing on the news um but If you have a severe case, I don't know how many people. I don't know what the youngest case is who died. I oh, only know that, that. That's such a good thing to to discuss right now. I feel like we don't know really anything about this virus, like um, especially locally. Like we're our city is like shutting down right now, and I don't even know how many cases there are in Maple Ridge. Like how prominent is this disease in our very own city? How likely am I going to get it? I feel like I don't have even a clue or I don't know if maybe they don't have a clue. And so I feel like because I think that's, that's a really big uh, issue to discuss. Like this, this fear, right? The, the fear of uncertainty. And Mm. like, I, I, I'm very optimistic about, all this like uh i've i've wrestled with the idea of death many many times and uh, i've thought about what is life and what is death and what might be after life and whatnot um i've never really felt uh worried about dying and i don't right now and i'm i'm not saying that the covid 19 won't take me um I don't know. I don't think it will. I I stay optimistic that even if I were to get it, I could combat it. As I've seen, the percentages of recovery are something like ninety-seven percent. But like you're saying, we don't really have that much data on it. We don't. And and who's conducting this data? And is it even uh, is it even viable? Like um, I asked on my Facebook recently, and I said uh, just just asking out there, does anybody know anybody uh, or do I know anybody who has the coronavirus? So 
on my Facebook feed, not one person has it. So yeah, out of 600, not that everybody follows this or would see this, uh, this post, but a lot of people responded actually, uh, you know, at least 15 people commented and a lot of people like say liked it or whatever, but at least people, 15 people commented and some people commented like, Oh, I've got friends who've got it. I've got friends of friends who've had it or like this person knows this person, but not mm -hmm. one person I knew had it. And then there was a big discussion that happened. Uh, like one of the threads uh, of it was one girl wrote, um, I know three friends for sure who have it and one who might have it. And then somebody asked like, Oh, did they get tested and stuff? And she said, no, none of them, been, none of them have been tested because the, the healthcare system's too overrun. Mm -hmm. And so one of the comments is like, well, then how do you know for sure three have it? And one is a maybe, aren't they all maybe Yeah. like, so like a lot of people who are getting it, like you're, one is you're not necessarily sure you're going to get it because a lot of people are just fighting illnesses like yeah uh, when you get a flu you just fight it on your own and then you go about your day most people aren't especially now most people aren't inclined to go to a hospital that's the first place you're going to catch something like this right yeah so if you're sick enough if you're if you're well enough to fight off a sickness you're going to stay home so i think a lot of people are going to get this virus that we have no clue who are getting it right like we just won't have the proper uh data to to really know what this disease is doing and who's getting it i yeah. think they were the talking death, go ahead i think i think the most important uh statistic is the death rate because um they're going to test those who die to see if they if they died from this virus and that's going to be the best uh estimate of what the disease is doing mm -hmm. that we can have because I think far too many people are going to get it and not get tested. But the thing is, that's the thing. Okay, here we go. We're looking at the death rate, right? We're looking at the number and it's climbing and it's climbing and it's climbing and climbing. Yeah. But yeah. we have to have that balance, that a balanced opinion because we have to have that other number, the recovery rate, mm. so we know that the chances of recovering are still this high. And you have think, to look at both. Like, think about what I just said too. The recoveries that we know as to how high it is we we know their high recovery rate what about those who are at home who are getting it who are recovering without being documented as recovering right yeah so the recovery rate i guarantee you no matter what science no matter what science can show us mm -hmm. uh no matter what we read the recovery rate is going to be much much higher than we can actually see on paper the death yeah. rate's gonna the death rate is the death rate like people are gonna die we're gonna have them tested they died from this virus. Uh, that's, you know, there might be variances here, mistakes and whatnot, but that's going to be our best guess as to what this virus is doing. Like you said, there already is data showing such a high percentage of recovery. Like you said, what, 97% or something? I don't know if I said that, but I remember I seeing that, that number. Yeah. yeah, I remember seeing that number somewhere, about 97% recovery. I think that's probably actually a lot higher if, if, what i think is true that a lot of people are going to get it and not get tested yeah i agree i mean like there's also the confirmed cases that haven't recovered and we're just waiting and we're in, we're in pending yeah, mode right we're waiting so that's right um, we'll know better of these kind of things in six months when the data can be properly analyzed but right now we're in this state of uncertainty that's why i said uh 
most people's fear comes from uncertainty, I think. And that's, and for me, um, like, I think that's where uh, most of this, like, fear comes from. But yeah. I just said that. So, And I think a lot of it is, you know, the quarantine's not helping people who are not used to it. And I don't yeah. think a lot of people are used to it. Even me, who's used to being inside most of the time. Mm-hmm. Is getting to me, but I'm like I I know how to cope with it because I'm used to being inside for long periods of time. Struggling with finances is like pretty much like I don't stress over it because I know stressing over it is not going to get you anywhere. You have to what you have to do is you have to take action, and um, yeah. people just don't know. People are un uneducated yeah. when it comes to taking action in this situation. They are very much so. And so I think what we're seeing is just a lot of people like we think about how much we've discussed the 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 struggle and the effect that technology has on us, Mm -hmm. uh, especially our phones and society. And now it's like uh, it's almost like we're being forced to go more to our phones. Like, I don't know about you. I was going to I was thinking about asking this question on Facebook, like, uh, If, if you're somebody who monitors your screen time, because a lot of people do monitor their screen time, what, like, what's the percentage boost that you would say quarantine has given you, right? And so for, I think for a lot of people, they're just resorting to their screens. That's the, um, that's the fail safe, right? Uh, yeah. Something to keep them from boredom. I mean, if you're taking advantage and using it as a tool, and you're using it to educate yourself in ways maybe not news wise but like like for example keeping yourself occupied like you want to like reach out to people to inspire activism get people to stay in your houses listen to you know like authorities and like take your part don't spread the disease then we could get out of it much faster if we're like everybody's using the, the technology is a tool. You don't have to be on it all the time. Like you can, yeah, like you, you can print, to. you can print out papers to fill out and you can yeah. fill it out and then you can scan it and then you can, then you can uh, send it by email, right? Like you don't have to wait all, don't have to waste all your time writing it all out on the computer. That's more screen time, right? Cause yeah. you could be listening to music. You could be listening to music, writing that book outside in your backyard or not the book, yeah. but the pages, right? I mean, you're filling out, say, EI papers or whatever it is, um, ability, whatever what it may be. And um, yeah, well, like we're we're getting lucky right now, Sean, uh, with this weather. Like every day, I've been going outside, uh, going for hikes with my dog and stuff. And like I said, like I'm an extrovert, uh, so right now the biggest struggle has been the loss of face to face contact. Like mm-hmm. I. Uh, Every day I'd go to school and I'm in a classroom full of peers, friends, having discussions. Uh, one of my best friends right now is on like lockdown quarantine. Uh, he he crossed the border. Actually, two of my best friends right now are in quarantine. Both of them mm-hmm. crossed the border. One took a flight somewhere and just got home a few days ago. And so it's like we can't hang out for two weeks. And for me, that's... Uh, really difficult to do i've been lucky enough that it's been nice out because that's one of my uh ways of coping with that is like if yeah. i'm 
bored or feeling lonely or something, like I find solitude in the trees, uh, in the forest and stuff like that. And so we've been lucky right now that we've got great weather. Like, look, you can see the sun coming through here. It was supposed to rain today too. And it did actually rained earlier. Uh, but this week yeah. was supposed to be disgusting, apparently. And I was really worried about it from the quarantine standpoint because I was like, yeah, we are in quarantine, but we've been lucky pr- lately. We've had nice weather. People can get outside. You can, yeah, like you said, you can go right outside. And, then, and you know, we've all got laptops now, right? Tablets. Tablets, laptops. And, exactly. We don't have to be at our desks uh, working on our computer. We can go outside. but but Sean, like how many people do you think are taking these steps are like recognizing like, Oh, uh, this is going to be a difficult time where I'm going to be forced to be alone more. I need to take precautions. I need to, uh, focus on how I'm going to maintain a strong mental health throughout this time of seclusion. And yeah, uh, I don't know how many people are doing that. I, I doubt a lot of people are taking the time to really think about that. And I shouldn't doubt that, you know, that hurts to say almost, I want to think the best in people, but um, I know what I was like uh, as a teenager or like pre, you know, kind of becoming self-aware. And that's what I'd be doing. I'd probably just be sitting around uh, playing video games, eating food and masturbating, right? Like that's probably mm. all I'd do for this whole quarantine. But, um, and so uh, I'm, I'm more so just worried about the general population right now and what's going on. And, uh, like I said about my Facebook post, like, I'm really worried people are just going to get at each other's throats more because I think that's what speaking through, um, text and technology, I think that's what it does more than anything. I think, um, it it creates a further disconnect. No matter how much, no matter how many more people we're connected to, I do think it creates a, a greater disconnect from each other just because we can't get the context, because we can't see uh, the visuals, the smiles, the jokes. You know, we can't always yeah. read between the lines. Yeah, it's it's really hard, um, especially if you're really self-isolated, like you're 100% by yeah. yourself self-isolating. Yeah. That is the hardest thing to do. I'm with my family. Like that's the that's the benefit I have. Even though I can't stand them half the time. Like but like like I'm not going to go see my brother or my sister because they have other they have their own family and like yeah. um um I'm not going to go and try to spread the disease either. So yeah. like not like I I, really I saw somebody to. say something too about that, right? Like oh well, you know, uh, we're we're just called to sit around and do this. Like, I know it's hard for everybody, but you, but like, you just need to get over it and do it. And I'm thinking in my head, like, you're, you're a married person, right? Like you have a specific, uh, lifestyle that is different than mine, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. like maybe more privileged in a way that maybe, not the right yeah, word, but... maybe, right. Like the fact that you have constant companionship, right. Uh, whereas I don't like I'm a single guy so um and a father yeah and a father and you know I I get a lot of companionship from my children but like I had them today uh and then their mom picks them up and now I'm all alone here at home and mm-hmm. normally 
if I'm alone at night, I'm going to go over to a friend's house or something like that. And now my two best friends are in quarantine and like, like strict quarantine and all yeah. my other friends, like, uh, you know, are just self quarantining anyways. And so, yeah. um, maybe I'd go to the bar or a restaurant and have a beer and have a nice conversation with somebody there. I, before this, I'd go to the bar at least once a week, just for even a beer and a dinner kind of thing with a, yeah. maybe with a friend or maybe without. And just, you know, I like interaction. I like, I'm a, what about us people watchers, right? Like uh, I like reading a book in a coffee shop and stuff like that. I, I agree. Uh, I agree. I like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm not an it's extrovert, introvert, introvert, you're an extrovert. Yeah, yeah. Extroverts like where you like the company of other people. You need to be in. Mm-hmm. In and well, it, I, introverts are more like they like their in, own insight, time yeah. alone. So yeah. like, I'm not an introvert because I want to be or choose to be or seem that way. The only way I, the way I'm an introvert is due to my disability, because mm-hmm. because I have stomach problems. I can't be out for long periods of time due to stress. I have to manage it through through meditation, through healthy diet, through stress management, through um diet. supplements, supplements as well. Um there's so many there's so many things that go into it. And like I could be good for a few weeks and then just all of a sudden bam. And like lately it's been getting worse, right? But like mm-hmm. if I tell like like I said the power of your words make a difference, right? Your your words yeah. and your intentions. So I, I keep telling myself it's getting worse, it's getting worse. It's going to get worse. If I tell myself, even though it's not true, it's going to get better. Mm. That hopeful intention, you're putting that into the word. Think of every word as a vibration because everything is energy. Mm. Uh, Here yeah. we go okay, into yeah. me talking about energy, vibrations, and and, yeah, yeah. and spirituality. Here we go. So everything you put out, you're sending out into the into the universe mm-hmm. and you're attracting more of it. So what I got to tell myself and tell other people, sometimes you got like when they say fake it until you make it, like I don't agree with that <laughs> statement at all. Yeah, I don't I don't agree with that at all myself. But you're not I think, fa- it's I think wishful wishful thinking. I just want to say in, in wishful thinking is different. I think there's uh just a plot implying the idea of fakeness. Like I think there's tremendous power in lies like Mm -hmm. in the opposite effect and so um even if you're lying to yourself uh i think it has tremendous negative uh effects on things but especially when you openly lie to somebody else yeah like when we're really i actually detest that saying fake it till you make it i hate it too we need to be honest no matter what we're doing yeah i've will eventually you'll you're more likely to make it eventually. Wouldn't you rather make it honorably than mm-hmm. to fake it to make it? Like that doesn't make much sense. I totally. That's why. Right? That's why I'm friends with you, yeah, <laughs> because because yeah. I know you're not a faker, and I can't yeah, be friends with fakers. Yeah. Like I just can't. Me neither. It doesn't work that way. It, I've, you know, I being quite extroverted and meeting a lot of people, uh, like I can I can think of friends who come to mind who i know are fake like i mm-hmm. and it causes me to not want to see them very much like i yeah and uh, or and not to trust them not to be myself and sometimes i do even sometimes i you know i just i want to see the good in people that 
I'll, I'll meet up with somebody who I know is fake and still give them me, right? Mm -hmm. Still be open and be willing to take it in. But a lot of the times I can hear the fakeness. Um, and it's, yeah, it just, it just, it comes out like you, it just, you yeah. can just detect, you just detect it. And it. It, so that's it, an interesting point. Like, how do we detect that? What it, what is it exactly that is being detected? It's the authenticity. Moment? Yeah. So, but, um, so, I've been fooled many times, though, right, Sean? Like, I'm just saying, mm. how do we, how do we properly detect authenticity? Some people are really good fakers. Right? I agree, and, especially uh, on scams like these days. But I'm not going to get into that. But. And people I think are because good. we always want to believe the best in somebody too. Like we want to believe that people aren't faking, like that people are honorable. Um, but in in times like these, like you say with scammers, like holy cow, every day I get a call from somebody trying to steal my money. Like I've I've had uh, once they almost took me. In. Uh, I thought it was the I uh, the not the IRS but our CRA. Our CRA, our Canadian Revenue Agency, Revenue Service. Yeah, I thought it was them. I thought I owed money, and I thought I did my taxes wrong because I, for at this year that this call came, and it sounded so legit, right? They called me, and it sounds so legit. Uh, yeah. There was a problem with your tax because I was doing them myself. Like I, I'm so old school. Like I go into the post office and grab like the tax forms and do it, write it out by hand. Yeah, yeah. And send it in, and I thought I did it wrong, and I thought I was in big trouble. Even though I know that there's a leeway for if you do end up doing it wrong, like they just charge you more later, whatever it is. But mm -hmm. I thought I was legit in trouble, and they're like, "Yeah, we're sending an officer to arrest you unless you pay <laughs> us this money." You like, know what you say to them? Oh, like, are you serious? What's that? You know what you say to them? Yeah. What do you say? You say send them over. I'm right. I'm here in my in well, that, here in my house. That's what I. That's what I did. But I was worried. Like I said. Uh, I said, okay, like that's that's fine. I guess whatever it is is what it is. Like, send them over. I'll be waiting. And they're like, well, if you if you pay it off, like, then we won't have to send them over. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll pay my dues. Like, uh, I'll I'll pay my debts, but I'm not like going to give you my credit card number over the phone. Like, mm -hmm. I need to see a bill in the mail. Like, uh, you know, stamped yeah. with the Canadian authenticity. Like, I'm not. Uh, I'm not that dumb, but they all, like, I was so dumb. At the, I think I was 22 or something at the time. Yeah. Right? Like, I was a young kid. I was doing my own taxes, and I was worried I did them wrong. And they almost got me, and I almost sent them a couple thousand bucks. Wow. But, and, I, like, and I, even then, I was, I, I look back, and I think of how stupid I was. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode of Enter the Metaverse. This has been Episode 3, Part 1. Now continue over to episode three, part two. Thank you.